Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the what podcast where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. Cassidy, I've obviously not come up with a better tagline, so (laughs) we may have to talk about that for a second. Anyway, I'm Tara, and this is Cassidy. Woohoo! I'm Cassidy, and we've got a great show coming up. It's just Tara and I, and we're going to talk about a whole lot of things. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit around the league. We're going to talk a little bit of the Olympics again, but this time we're bringing some Olympic mellow to the the picture. I am so fired up and excited about two topics tonight, Ed Davis and Olympic mellow. So you're going to just have to like rein me in. Um, yeah, and we're going to talk a whole lot about a whole lot of other things. So let's get started. So we've not come up with a new headline or a new uh, tagline, but we do have an icebreaker. And that is something that my husband asked me the other day, and I still don't know if I have an answer for it. So let's throw it out to the universe. What NBA player from the past would have done better in today's NBA rather than their own time. Okay, that is so hard. And if you've been thinking about it for days and have not been able to answer it, that is so not fair. Uh, <laughs> I got this question like one minute ago. No, like five minutes ago. And I'm going to go with what my gut said. I have no, I have not thought, thought this through at all. He yeah. was just the first person that popped into my mind. And that's Terry Porter. And... I think as a facilitator, today's game would have opened up a little bit more space for him and maybe he could have thrived even more as a shooter or as, you know, or his facilitation could have been even more creative given more room. So that's what I came up with. Did you come up with something? Yeah, I've come up with a few different answers and they're all for different reasons. Excellent. But I haven't come up with like my basketball reason one, like <laughs> from like a from like a statistic standpoint or like a player standpoint, because I feel like that's really hard to compare. Mm-hmm. But one of the ones that first came into my mind was actually Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Because I feel like the years that he struggled, I think the modern day NBA is a little bit more supportive, a little bit more camaraderie, despite being on different teams. And I think that that may have benefited him in kind of a more consistent whole career versus the amazing spikes that we got to see. So I don't know. That's really interesting. So, you know, part of the thing with him was that he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And a lot of people and like back when he was playing, like you were supposed to not be friends with your, um, you know, people that you played against. And so that may have made it a little bit harder on him just, you know, from what we know, Mm -hmm. what little we know of what his true personality is really like, maybe having been like not having to act like that is, that is very interesting. That is a, that was my first thinking about. Yeah. So send us your answers, everybody, (laughs) because I'm fascinated by this question. Um, Did you have other ones? I've had a few. I uh, What was the one that, oh, I said a joke one earlier and I was so entertained with myself and I don't remember it. So um, what do yeah, you think I, about a guy like Bill Walton? I mean, I he, was be a, interesting. he was a pretty classic, like putting aside the fact that he would never, never stops talking. Um, like <laughs> just the way 
that he played, you know, right now there's modern centers and then there's traditional centers and they seem to kind of be going down two paths. And, yeah. you know, you're either a center who is shooting threes or you're a center who, you know, has the old classic skills and they're building a team, you know, around you in, in that way. So yeah. I don't know. I also thought about Shaq. <gasps> like how fun would it just be to see Shaq? Like all these God. guys who think they're big. Yeah. And I think Shaq's just one of those players who just like you could throw him out there and he'd just be like, I'm giant. Oh yeah. Um, and skilled. So it'd be entertaining. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have to think about this question a lot to get like my super real answer. You know what? Our listeners who have ideas should definitely get a hold of us and let us know. They can tweet at us at Hoops and Talks or they can send us emails. And our email is hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. So listeners, please send us your ideas for who would be a player who would have done better in today's NBA rather than in their own time. Because they have time to like think, oh, here comes my cat. I'm going to move her. Uh, they have, uh, you know, people can research it and give us their, uh, give us their ideas. <laughs> now about the tagline, elevating the voice of women in basketball. I think I would I... I'm tr- I'm going to try on um including women. I don't know. I really don't know where to go with that. Um but it just kind of rolled off my tongue when we got started and I couldn't stop it. But I still want to know people's ideas for what we can say about how to uh how we can make sure that uh you know, there's women talking about basketball and maybe people want to listen to it, maybe they don't. I don't know, but what we're trying to do is we're trying to show and demonstrate that women can talk about basketball. Because Lord knows we do. <laughs> a lot. You know, I have a standing meeting every week on Wednesday mornings at 830. And the best thing, it's a great meeting. We get a lot done. But also the second best thing about it is that we're all Blazer fans. And so like for the first like 10 minutes of the meeting, all we do is talk about Blazers. And this week we got to talk the day after the Blazers had an awesome victory in Toronto. So let's yeah. talk about that game for a sec. Were you able mm-hmm. to watch most of it? Yes, I watched the game and I was the first three quarters. I was like, okay, yeah. I was this like, is, what is this? this? My eyes are killing me. This is just like, yeah, what? Yeah, did, like both teams, they were like throwing yeah. it, throwing the ball away, bouncing it off their foot, like running into each yeah. other. It was, it was and I was like, this is not helping me right now. I was like, I was looking for like a basketball distraction and I don't want to pay attention to this game. And then we got to like the fourth quarter and all of a sudden I'm like yelling and screaming and jumping up and down and going crazy on my TV. And I'm like, whoa, this this game is different than the other three quarters. And then the final shot was pretty great. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see Mello like that. I don't know. There was just like a, a joy in his eyes after he hit that, that I think I'm just so happy for him. (laughs) I'm glad this is all worked out. Yeah. What I loved about it is that, uh, it happened just the way, it needed to happen. Like they couldn't get it to Dame. So they got it to CJ. CJ couldn't get a shot off. So he found another option. And it's like been so long since that other option 
had a high likelihood of going in. I mean, yeah. God love, you know, Cheap and Mo. Yeah. You know, they were, you know, fairly likely to make it, but it was still also a little bit like, eh. But like when you're mm-hmm. watching Night Mellow on a night where he's starting to hit things, then yeah. that you just feel so confident that it is going to go in. And for them to have choices at the end of the game was like a whole new world. <laughs> well, yeah, because that that could have gone to Simon's. And I think I still mm-hmm. would have felt confident. Just everyone was shooting well at that point. And it was like, whoa, it could go to like, it could go to like anyone. This is great. Yeah. All right. This is a fun game to watch now. So it was I enjoyed it quite a lot. It was just really <laughs> nice to see them um, be able to build on something. You know, it's been a while since it was like, well, Mm -hmm. we're going to just drag ourselves across the finish line and, you know, try not to get Mm -hmm. any more hurt. It was like, oh, you know, they they did. They put some plays together. They put some runs together. I thought Hassan had uh, a nice game. I thought for the I was I was rewatching it because I've been into rebounds lately and trying to determine what are good rebounds and what are just like not useful rebounds. And so I was watching those pretty closely and that night he happened to have a lot of rebounds where he either got them with two hands or he got them to somebody rather than, you know, just tapping it right into the hands of the other team. Yeah. So I thought he played pretty well, although I did think that he looked a little bit under the weather. So the flu apparently, or the illness has uh, taken the team and CJ missed a game. I thought Hassan had some big old bags under his eyes and I thought, Oh no, he's going to be the yeah. next one out. He is playing tonight in Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. So at least he's able to be there. But um, yeah, now I'm worried about, they've just been in that airplane, like, you know, a little Petri dish full of all of everybody's mm-hmm. germs. Yeah. I hope that doesn't get, I hope the whole team doesn't just get knocked out. Not yeah. by this. Yeah, and it sounds like the broadcast crew took some hits, too, so I hope they feel better also. Oh, what a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had, uh, we had a long-awaited scowl update, and it doesn't really tell us a lot more about what the situation is is for him. Scowl at VCA had a non-contact injury to his knee about, what was it, about two weeks ago? It was not too long before they left. It's going to be four more yeah. weeks until he's evaluated, so that's all. that's all that we know. Um, so at least that narrows things down, you know, I, maybe that means that we're going to be able to see him play for the, sometime in the rest of the year. They haven't applied for a disabled player exception or anything like that. So they haven't like yeah. given up on him for the season. So that's great. When's the date for that? Cause that's coming up the end of being able to apply for the, uh, injured player exception i believe yeah i don't know but um orlando just applied for one uh for aminu so he has uh also going to be out for the rest or he's he's for sure going to be out for the rest of the season Um, Mm -hmm. and speaking of former blazer news like i said the other thing that i'm on fire about is our old friend ed davis i'm wearing my ed davis shirt it's happening 
Fizz Ed For those of you not watching Davis. the podcast, Fizz Ed Tara is showing us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> now that we're video, I forget we, that people can't yeah. see. Yes. I am wearing my yeah. Fizz Ed Davis shirt um, because what is going on in Utah is that Ed Davis, while back from injury, is not playing. And he has, in fact, had DNPs for the last five games because he is not fitting into the Utah system. Cassidy, what was your reaction when you heard this? Uh, my first reaction was don't put baby in a corner. Nobody puts baby in a corner. And like, how dare you put him on the end of the bench and not play him? He's a Davis. He's great. He's fun to watch. He's the best teammate. He is an awesome person. And we want to see Ed Davis as NBA fans. Give us Ed Davis and give us Ed Davis back. I think if yes, so I, I, I tried to remain calm and look at this from, you know, a, a, be objective about it. So I read an article in Forbes talking about what is going on. And it appears that the schemes that the jazz are running, which are uh, a, a little bit different from most of the schemes that other teams run are just not suited for Ed's strengths. And so mm -hmm. he's not getting nearly as many offensive rebounds. Um, one of the things that, you know, we enjoyed so much about having him on the team is that the uh, team scored a lot on second possessions when he was on the Blazers. And that continued when he was in Brooklyn, but it has taken a nosedive since he was in Utah. Um, he's playing, he's only played in 20 games. He did have an injury. He broke his leg earlier in the year, but since he's come back, he's still not playing. Um, so he's, he played 20 games this season. He only played 11.3 minutes per game, 1.4 points and 4.2 rebounds. So, I mean, I guess this, so, and then the, the, the guy that they are playing, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head right now you know, is somebody that they want to get playing time. So Cassidy, can you think of a team that needs help at the center position right now? Maybe who's a hmm. little short with injuries? Huh? Us. We need Ed Davis. Bring him back. I need Ed Davis back in our lives. I was trying to figure uh, out if it is even possible because, you know, um, there's all kinds of rules and stuff. And it does look like uh, there's not there would be nothing, you know, except for whether or not the Utah wanted to, you know, do a deal. Um, but it doesn't appear to be anything that would stop the Blazers being able to uh, strike a deal with Utah. I put it in the trade machine and um, they're, you know, basically... I looked at Naz plus um, uh, Hazonia or Tolliver. The money would work. So in all practical purposes, you know, I think Ed can play center or forward. He can't shoot from the outside. So I don't know if like basketball wise, it's the best idea in the world. But that doesn't matter. It's Ed Davis, and we know how much Ed, Ed, Damian Lillard loves Ed Davis. Absolutely. And think about what a great support he would be, and think how happy Zach Collins would be to see his old buddy back. You know, and it's like the other backup center right now is Anthony Tolliver, who, God bless him, Anthony Tolliver's out there doing his best. But he was not meant to be the Blazers' backup center this year. Yeah, that wasn't his role. 
And I'm sure like he's doing a great job encouraging the other players, helping the young guys, you know, being a leader on the court. But he was never supposed to be the backup center ever. It wasn't supposed to happen. And injuries happen and trades sometimes have to happen. Now, the one thing that scares me about that is little. Right. I think little is someone that would be incredibly fun to watch in the future. I think he could be incredibly important in the future. I think that that would make me somewhat sad, but you know, Ed Davis. So, right. Well, and I figure like, you know, the way trades go is you can't be like completely happy. Like both teams can't be completely happy about it. It's somebody, you know, you got to give up something. You got to, you know, give the appearance of, you know, being hurt if something somebody leaves. Um, you know, I mean, money wise, you could package Mario and Tolliver together. And I think that would work out as well. But I would think that uh, Utah would want somebody that they felt like they, they, that they could develop. And Naz seems like he would fit that role. They might look at him as like a a good prospect that they could develop who doesn't need to play right away because they have a pretty big bench. I mean, obviously they have a deep bench or Ed Davis would be playing right now. Come on, Utah. Also, maybe you could come up with some schemes that do work for Ed Davis. I mean, he's Ed Davis. I don't know. We might be a little bit biased on that, but I just, I could also do their schemes really not work with Ed Davis. Cause that's kind of my question here is really, like, I know that that's... Ugh. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. No. <laughs> Bring back Ed Davis. All right. Well, let's move on. <laughs> I'm so fired up about this, and I just... I don't want to get... <laughs> like, I, I try to, like, stay a, a, a away from or keep out of the speculation about trades. Cause to me, it's just like, there's no sense in talking about it for too long because what I say doesn't matter. They're going to do what they're going to do. And then we can figure mm-hmm. out where to go from there. It just doesn't make any sense to like, you know, spend too much time worrying about it, but this is Ed Davis. So that's a special situation. Also, how many injured big men do we have? Right. Yeah. And they do need somebody. I mean, the trade deadline is coming. January goes faster than we all expect. Cause we're all tired from the holiday season. I wonder if knowing more now about scow will mean that there'll be help on the way or if that's just going to prolong it i just don't know how long they can expect damian lord and cj mccollum to play so much and i know they're not playing the you know the same positions as you know their backup but just like having more healthy people yeah. to choose from <laughs> to go down would the be line great would be great and i just yeah. like because um the trade deadline is still a month away it's still <laughs> that's a lot of you know, games in a month. That is a lot. It of is games. a lot of games. Yeah. Well, it's also just like you? it's been so quiet. The trade the trades have been quiet. <laughs> what's been on your mind? Um, my mind has been a little bit about the dunk contest and how Anthony Simons is not in the dunk contest. What is going on with society that we are going to watch Dwight Howard in the dunk contest again and not Anthony Simons? I don't understand. Um, My reasoning here, besides the obvious, Anthony hops 
He's got more hops than Dwight. I mean, he can jump, what is it? He maxed out 41.5 inches at the draft combine. He is so exciting when he dunks. I am not going to jump off my couch and throw things and go crazy and possibly sprain my ankle like I have done in like three dunk contests (laughs) um, (laughs) without someone who's going to be jumping above the rim. Um, I just, he's got skills. He's got charm. He's the future of the NBA. We've watched Dwight entertain us. Let the future entertain us. Please, in February of last year, we were waiting almost a whole year for this. And Anthony threw down amazing dunks in a practice. Just jam after jam. And Myers was freaking out. I mean, we got the amazing, what was it? Whoa! my guy um, scream by Myers. And that was amazing. And his crazy reactions. Come on NBA. Well, and now he's throwing him down in the games. Come on NBA. He, he went through three Lakers the other night. That three. Was, was re- but wait, I want to back up. Are you saying that you sprained your ankle watching yes. somebody else in, in the dunk contest? Yes. Okay. Three times. And once in a March Madness final four. <laughs> Just wanted to clarify that. So I'm 41 and a half inches. So he maxed it out. I'm trying to think. They couldn't how, measure it. How tall that is. I mean, that's like uh, like a, a yardstick is 36 inches. That's like so a kindergartner. Like basically six more <laughs> inches than that. And that's just jumping. That's yeah. No running. Like just hurtling. Move- just Man. straight up like a rocket. Yeah. You know what I think they wow. should do? I think Anthony I think Anthony should be in all of them. I think he should be too. like Damian Lillard did and just be in all of them and it would be like this is the like you said this is the future. I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Plus Yes, I just can't believe it. I just can't. And I know he was being so nice because he's so nice. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, if people want to campaign for me, they can. Anthony wants to be in the dunk contest. Come on, America, the world, (laughs) the NBA. So you're campaigning for him. I'm campaigning. Everyone should be campaigning. What are we doing you know what? I wonder why they don't let fans vote on those other contests. They should do that. Or or actually, they should just let players vote on all of them. And there should be no fan vote. I am very pro this being a player voted. The East, te- the East Coast votes for the West Coast players. The West Coast players votes for the East Coast players. No fans. They don't get to decide. I know that we all love Caruso, but like, really? <laughs> He should not be that high up mm-hmm. in the voting. Like, it's the all-star. Like, make it a real competitive, like, I don't know. I think that the laxness in which we choose all-stars doesn't help um, the game very well, much. I think it's, on the one hand, I think it's funny, like, how much people complain about you know who the, the you know the fan votes, mm-hmm. and then also how they pick apart the player votes, and how they get so mad if players you know vote for random players, you know. But when you think about how it does affect their contracts, whether or not they make it into an All Star game, well, like maybe you guys should stop trying to negotiate it into your contracts <laughs> if 
Yeah. If the fans are going to vote Alex Caruso in or almost vote Alex Caruso in, yeah. you know, maybe you want to rethink that the next time you negotiate yeah. your your contract. And um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think. I hadn't ever thought about it, like making it like just a player vote, but I really, I want to explore what it would be like if player, if the fans got to vote for who got to be in the contest. I mean, they could pick like 20 people and say, pick from these 20 about who's going to mm-hmm. be in the three point contest yeah. or who's going to be, let us vote on that. That is a very yeah. interesting proposal. I would rather vote on those categories mm-hmm. than I would the all-star game because I think the all-star game in some ways determines it's it should in some ways determine itself based on your play so far. That's and a, so players are going to vote for the players that they found hardest to play against. That is a really good point because that makes it a little bit less of maybe makes it a little bit less of a popularity contest. Um, you know, maybe it's still a popularity contest if they're voting for each other, but I think, I think you've got some, you've, you've hit on something there. There's some real possibilities. Well, let's move on. And um, Mello's game winner the other night was really significant. And I thought it was really uh, – we should stop and talk about it for a minute because it was written up on trailblazers.com that according to Stats Inc., which is I guess some like subscription stats service, Carmelo has 26 game-winning field go- goals in the final 30 seconds of the fourth quarter or overtime that gave his team the lead for good. So not exactly like buzzer beaters, but like within the last 30 seconds, 26 times. That's like almost, what has he played? 17 years? That's like almost twice a year. That is a lot Yeah, <laughs> when you think about doing that. Um, so it's the most of any player since 2003, four. Mm-hmm. He has more than Kobe. That of the twenty, remember he has twenty six, so he has more than Kobe, who has twenty two, more than LeBron James, who has twenty, more than Dirk Nowitzki, who has eighteen, and more than Dwayne Wade, who also has eighteen. Like a lot, like four more than Kobe. So, ha! What's more, (laughs) according to ESPN stats, Anthony now has seventeen go-ahead field goals in the last five seconds of the fourth or overtime. So that's the most of any player. Since uh, I think, let's see, the most of any player since he entered the league and won more than Kobe Bryant. And that came from that same article on trailblazers.com. Now, didn't Brandon Roy do the five second thing something like five times in two years? Oh, I don't know, but that would be a great stat to look up. Yeah. Brandon Roy totally could have done that. So I just... I still hear a little bit of residual complaints about Mello from various dark corners of the internet. And I've just decided that these are people who just want to have something to complain about and they just want to like, can't be happy Mm -hmm. because I mean, like, what do we like? How, how is he, how is he making anything worse? Yeah. He makes a lot of, he take makes a, takes a lot of mid-range shots. Maybe you wish mm-hmm. he didn't dribble so much. Maybe there's a whole bunch of things we'd like to be better about the game right now. Maybe we'd like Baysmore to be making more shots. Maybe we'd like Tolliver, uh, you know, to be a little more, a little faster. Maybe we'd like Hazonia to be a little more consistent. Maybe we'd like a lot of things. But Mello is bringing fun to a season which could, uh, imagine what it would be like without him. Imagine if they didn't have him. 
I guess you could say you could be devil's advocate and say, well, maybe they could have gotten somebody better than Mello. Maybe like they could have found somebody who would be more willing to play, you know, as a team. But I'm going to go back and look at the statistics as things have gone, because I believe his number of shots have gone down slightly. And again, the end of that game played out exactly how it was supposed to. There was passing at the end of that game that happened because there were shooters and he was one of them. So I just want to enjoy Mellow White last. But that got me interested in our final, our, our Olympics talk, topic. Because now that it's 2020, we're going to be talking about the Olympics. Last time you talked about the, um, the first time basketball was played at the Olympics in 1904. We're going to fast forward to the future this week and we're going to talk about Olympic Mellow. Now, what did you know about Olympic Mellow? Uh, I don't know a lot of, I just have watched every Olympics. And so I've seen a lot of Olympic mellow uh-huh. and I know that he is, I believe the most decorated American oh, basketball player in Olympic history. I figured we're going to learn a lot, <laughs> but I just, I think in my mind, I saw mellow almost more of an Olympic all-star mm-hmm. than I did an NBA all-star in some ways. And so in my mind, I was like, always like, Oh, Olympic mellow is one person. And then, the, but now we get to see him and I get to enjoy more mellow. So right. I want to know everything there is to know about Olympic mellow. So by the way, while we're talking, the Blazers are playing Minnesota and Olympic mellow is not happening. <laughs> mellow is not, does not seem to be having a great night. So maybe we should not start talking about him. Oh, anyway. Okay. So yeah, I just kept hearing about Olympic mellow and I was like, what is the deal with Olympic mellow? Okay. So Mello has been in four Olympics. His first was in 2004. Um, he's won a, a medal in each one of those Olympics, which makes him the most decorated uh, Team USA men's basketball player. So mm-hmm. um, he uh, the first one was, in, like I said, in 2004. That was in Athens. That was not a good year for Team USA at the Olympics. They lost three games that tournament, which is more than all the other Olympiads combined. So up to that point, the U.S. men's team had only lost two games. And that year alone, they won three. So um, they ended up beating Lithuania to get the bronze and... um, uh, Carmelo barely played. He was, I think, a rookie. Um, he was on the, also on that roster were Carlos Boozer and Allen Iverson. And LeBron was also on that team. Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. Tim Duncan, Stephon Marbury. Um, that, that Olympics Mello only played 17 minutes in seven games. And um, Carmelo okay. and LeBron are the only active players who are uh, played on that roster. So after that poor showing um, in 2008, the Olympics were in Beijing. Melo came back. He played eight games. He averaged 11.5 points. That t- roster, they had Kobe, LeBron, Chris Paul, Tayshaun Prince. His biggest game that year was the semifinals. So in the previous mm-hmm. year, in the previous Olympiad, Argentina knocked them out. So in 2008, they met again in the semifinal round again. And this time they uh, crushed uh, Argentina 101 to 81. And Melo scored um, 
21 points. He didn't have a great shooting game. He was only 3 of 14, but he was 13 of 13 from the free throw line. I mean, if he gets to the free throw line 13 times. Yes. So that was 2008. 2012. Okay, this is like, this is, this is wild. So 2012, they were in London. And in a game against Nigeria, Carmelo scored 37 points in 14 minutes. (laughs) So he was 10 of 12 from three. You know, wow. the European three, which is like seems to be the where he's always shooting from right now, which is like just inside the three point line. <laughs> but it worked for him there. Um, yeah. Ten of 12 for three. Thirty seven points in 14 minutes. Um, fun fact, or maybe it's not fun, depending on your point of view. Um, Aminu was on the Nigerian team and they got just absolutely destroyed. Um, but Chief was in it. And then yeah, Chief. for the third time in a row... Uh, Team USA defeated Argentina in the semifinals. And w- interesting thing about that roster in 2012, in 2012, they had Harden, Westbrook, and Kevin Durant, along with Olympic Mello. But they had all three of those guys back on the roster together. So 2016 was uh, Mello's final Olympics in Rio. There was a big changeover in the roster this time. Only mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony and Kevin Durant returned. Um and this was, um, he finished in, um, with three really big records. Well, let me just, let me just read you the list of records that Mello now holds. Oh, part of the reason that he holds these records is because he's just like played in more Olympics than any other member of Team USA. So yeah. it's not necessarily as if like he didn't have the most points per game or the most rebounds yeah. per game or anything like that. He's just played in so many of them. But that is still, you know, that matters, right? The best ability is availability. Yeah. And when something is four years apart from each other, that shows a really long, like that shows your ability to just like play, but then also play those extra seasons because it's not easy to go from a season to another, an Olympic season. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it, it just goes back to, again, I, I didn't know really who Carmelo Anthony was and he just really loved playing on team USA and he was super proud of it. And even mm-hmm. in 2016, I read this really great article on Ble- Bleacher Report about everything that was going on in the world in 2016. Um, mm-hmm. There had been a lot of, um, you know, black young men who had been shot by police and killed. And, you know, the, um, the players were trying to figure out like, what kind of a voice can we have in this movement? And Carmelo Anthony was like really, super important to all of that and then when he went to rio it was really important to him to um go and uh meet people who lived in rio in like some of the poorer neighborhoods and uh, get to know them and find out about their needs and what their lives were like and he just he really loved being on team usa because he thought like it was super important to represent his country you know as a proud black man, you know, when there was all of this other stuff going on in the country. So anyway, let me let, read you the list of achievements that uh, our Carmelo holds as Team Team USA. He scored the most points in a game uh, for a Team USA player, 37 points. Uh, he had the most three-pointers made in a game. That was 10. He had the most free throws in a game. That 13 of 13 was the most free throws um, of any uh, player on Team USA. He played the most games total um, throughout his four Olympics. He scored the most points total. Uh, he had the most rebounds total. 
He mm-hmm. made the most field goals and the most free throws. So again, it's because of his longevity. It's not because like he had the highest numbers, but I think that yeah. longevity, I think one of the things that is amazing about him, like, you know, he's not Vince Carter yet, but he's been around a long time. There's only like, five or six players in the league that are 37. And then there's a guy who's 38 and then there's a guy who's 42 and that's about it. <laughs> so anyway, it was yeah. super fun to learn about Olympic Mellow. Do you think with the revival of Mello here, that he may get another Olympic ask. Oh my God. He offered to be on a team USA that played at FIBA that lost miserably. And they were like, no, thank you. So I think it would be great if he got a chance um, to go out there and play. He did say at the end of 2016, he said that he was done. Um, but, you know, we know how that but he, goes. You know, he took a year off, right. reevaluated some things, learned a lot about himself, and maybe he just wants another Olympics. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I, what if Dame goes too? Oh my, it wouldn't surprise me. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I love Olympic basketball, so I'm all for watching players go even if it is hard on their bodies if they truly want to go i think they're nba players they know how to take care of themselves and they'll do what they need to do to make sure they're okay for the nba season but it's olympic basketball Mm -hmm. it's exciting i love the olympics it's so fun (laughs) like yeah and it, it really was cool reading the article i'll link it in the show notes about like why he really enjoyed you know, um, representing the country and playing for the country, especially at that time. Yeah. So that is very exciting. I'm really glad we dug a little bit into Olympic mellow. And then I think next pod, we're going to talk a little bit more about historic Olympics again to where, uh, basketball actually was a sport in the Olympics for the first time, which came much after the first time it was featured as a demonstration. So, more fun Olympic basketball knowledge to come. Um, so there's been a lot going around the league going on. Blah, blah. Those are words. Uh, there has been a lot going around, going on. Blah. Why can't I not <laughs> going speak? Oh my gosh. Going around, around the, the league. league. There we go. Yes, I did it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what's been happening. Uh, the other night was an insane night in the NBA, just from a crazy perspective. Um, and kisses were flying in Indiana. Uh, Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren got into it. Uh, TJ Warner Warren did not know what was coming for him. Like, and Jimmy Butler just, he just decided, Hey, Oh, now you're ejected. Let me blow you some kisses. <laughs> and then after the game, I'm going to tell you some things to the me- through the media. So have you followed the story at all, Tara? I have not been following that story. It sounds like things are getting, are, are things getting chippy or are they getting like, they're just trying to out outdo each other in terms of like, I'm going to be so cool about this conflict. I, I don't think Jimmy Butler was cool at all about this conflict. I think Jimmy Butler was like, 
if you're going to mess it, watch, I, I'm excited to watch them play again because Jimmy Butler is not gonna, not gonna hold back from that. Um, and it's going to be an interesting matchup. And I think Warren might be slightly terrified. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, so that happened. Um, but besides that excitement, we also just have straight up the headline of drama. Um, Cleveland's full of drama. It's just a lot of drama. We've got Kevin Love drama. We've got coach drama. We've got drama, drama. Um, in a season that's just not promising Cleveland. Uh, you have anything to say about Cleveland right now? Yeah, I'm really surprised that there is, I mean, like, going into it, they knew they weren't going to be a great team. So you'd think that they would have just kind of, like, kept their... Um, kept their heads down, stayed close, built team dynamics, you know, got a good rapport with some of their young stars. Um, and, you know, maybe behind, quietly behind the scenes, tried to find a, you know, a new place for Kevin Love. And that is not exact, not what is happening at all. Like, I don't know why they have to, you know, be airing all their dirty laundry. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, when you know what the season is going to be like and you can't hold it together, that just, I mean, we knew that they weren't as we didn't, I don't think, think that they were particularly in a good place as a franchise anyway, but it seemed like, you know, they had some pieces that they could build on. Like, why are they not um, trying to make them flourish and quietly trading away um, Kevin love? (laughs) Yeah. And I think, the other half of that drama is the drama with the coach um, apparently misspeaking and calling the t- uh, telling the team that they had been playing like a bunch of thugs instead of what he says he meant to say, which was slugs. So I don't know if I am buying that story, but I don't think it matters if I buy this story. I think it just kind of matters how this affects this team and whether or not they buy the story or if they really believe in what was brought to us as an apology, even though I don't know if an apology is saying I didn't mean to say that. I don't know. You can't apologize with a butt. Can't be an apology, but no, can't be a sorry, but (laughs) (laughs) like you can't, it doesn't work. So people, don't yeah. do that. So there's Don't all be like that. that. Don't be like so, the coach. And yeah. Yeah. Don't apologize. Just um and then we've got a, a headline over from a game with Golden State the other night when Golden State played Milwaukee. And our uh headline is just PUBG wink wink. Okay, um, so I'm not cool. What does PUBG mean? P U B G. I don't actually know what it stands for. I had to ask, I had to ask Sam, and he was like, "Oh, it's a video game," and I was like, "And he was like, why?" And I was like, "Because uh, Steph, Steph Curry supposedly said PUBG, you know, trying to invite Giannis to play with him with a broken hand, may I add?" But um, he was saying Dubs G, like let's. He's tampering again. But, you know, whether or not that's... I don't know. No, he's tampering. No one is playing PUBG, according to my husband. So if that is not true, someone tell me. (laughs) 
So what you're saying is that after the game, when everybody does their hugs and, you know, hey, how you doing, man? Steph Curry um, gave a little uh, extra attention to Giannis saying, hey, why don't you come on our way? To the dubs, G. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't understand why everyone is just so sure that there's no way at all that Giannis is going to stay in Milwaukee. Everything that he has projected about himself, everyone who has written about him, including Mirren Fader, who was on this very podcast, everybody is, you know, in agreement that he was a very genuine and thoughtful young person who's like doesn't seem to have any indication that he's not satisfied. It seems like he's really happy in Milwaukee. Like, why are we just assuming like we're just assuming that he's gone and like let the games begin like. No, I don't know. I really don't get it because from everything and maybe I just don't know enough, but from everything that I have learned about Giannis, he seems like the kind of guy who would stay. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, this whole city loves him. Uh huh. He I just maybe I no, I just don't get it. I like think he, it's he has a contending team. He's on a contending team. He's on the number one team in the East. Why would he want to go? Why? I right. don't know. I, I, I just don't know. know. I don't I just don't know if people listen. <laughs> I mean, when you we have this with Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is so consistent about wanting to stay. Like, why would we not believe that like why would we make him say it for all of these years and i mean i think people in portland believe it but people all over the league just assume that yeah. you know the dame is going to get tired of this small market and be gone and it's just not everybody likes the same thing or wants every the mm-hmm. same thing i mean everybody wants a championship but yeah. they they want to get it yeah. in whatever way makes sense for them and for damian lord it makes sense for to get a championship with the team that he br- brings to the championship yeah. not and, joining a team or going somewhere yeah. else to do it and what do you want to do go to a big market and play for the knicks <laughs> no like there's plenty of big market teams that you don't want to go play for right now. So I just, I just wish the LA teams were the undesirable. I know. Oh, I that makes me oh so how mad. I miss the days. Um, <gasps> it was such a great period of time. Yeah. Oh well, was, we should do a commemorative video. <laughs> um, bad LA place. Years of <laughs> the Lakers and the Clippers. Just put yeah. them all together. Yeah, it will be a wonderful sight to see. (laughs) All right. Well, we should probably wrap it up here. The Blazers are down by almost 30. So if we want to be able to see the comeback, we better tune in soon. It's going to start anytime. It's going to start now. Now the Blazers are going to start coming back against the Timberwolves. Just down by 22, right? Yeah. Oh, have they closed the gap? Okay, well, that's good. Well, anyway, 
Let's go ahead and wrap it up here. And um, you can find me on Twitter at TCB Biggs. You can find um, Blazer's Edge at Blazer's Edge on Twitter. You can subscribe to the Blazer's Edge podcast and the Women's Hoops and Talks podcast by going to your favorite podcast app and subscribing to Blazer's Edge. And it is um, time for Blazer's Edge night for us to start talking about that and reminding people that uh, you can buy tickets and donate them so that kids can go to a Blazers game. That game is going to be in March. So it's time to uh, start yeah. thinking about how many tickets you want to buy so that you can send kids to a game. I have to figure out what my thing is going to be this year that I uh, pledge. I always pledge like um, like uh, the other year, it was a couple years ago, it was if I slipped up and said the name of the team from the Bay Area, I had to buy a Blazers Edge ticket. Um, last year, it was Alley Oops. I pledged a Blazers Edge ticket for every Alley Oop, and then the Blazers went on like a total tear where they got all these Alley Oops. So maybe I should do that again this year if I want to see more Alley Oops. I think, yeah. I mean, I want to see Alley Oops. So we saw and a good I one the other night. Kids to Blazers Edge night. Yeah, it is so fun uh, watching the kids get to see a game and I just, everyone should help this happen because it's such an amazing night. So please go pledge tickets. It's great. Um, And if you want to tell us which past NBA player you want to see play in the future because you think maybe this is really their era, not their other era, you can tell us on our email because we love email hoopsandtalks at gmail.com also we love icebreaker ideas and please 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 send us a tagline um (laughs) anything else from you Tara? No I don't think so why don't you tell people where they can find you on Twitter before we sign off. Awesome you can find me at Cassidy Gamut on Twitter and until next time go Blazers!